God, I just thank you so much for this beautiful morning. Lord, I thank you for this house um, and just the people in here, God, the ones who love you, who are so on fire for you, God, so surrendered to you. And God, I pray that as we um, open your word this morning, God, as we speak, that Holy Spirit, you would be the one speaking, not me, um, that you would speak directly to each of our hearts, God, um, and that, yeah, we would have open hearts and open ears to hear what you want to say this morning, Lord. Um, yeah, we want to be yielded to you, God. We want to yield ourselves to you and to hear what you have to say this morning. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So you've probably picked it up that Catalyst is all about evangelism, yeah? We <laughs> we're all about going out and sharing the gospel and spreading the good news. And like some of these guys said, sometimes it's really good and sometimes it's not that good. But that's okay <laughs> because um, it's, yeah, it's not about us. It's about God. And every single conversation that we have is a seed that's planted in that person's life. We don't know what God's going to do with it, but we choose to be obedient and he, he's the one who waters the seed, right? It's not us. So we just step out in obedience. Um, but one thing that we've noticed traveling the nation is that evangelism is, it's not really one of the highest priorities in a lot of places. Not here, though. Aspire's always reaching out, <laughs> doing all those things. But, you know, so often in church we hear about prayer and um, reading the Bible and, and seeking after the Lord, and all those things are really important. Okay, don't hear me in this. But often evangelism kind of gets shoved under the rug, or it's not really something that we talk about a whole lot, because it's scary, and it's something that is a little bit uncomfortable sometimes, and if I'm honest, we've seen it done pretty badly sometimes, you know, people who don't do it from a posture of love have gone out to share, and actually it's pushed people away from church, and away from God, instead of bringing them into God, and so... It's kind of something, it's almost like a bad word sometimes when we share about evangelism. Um, and part of our mission is to actually change that and be like, no, it's good. God's called us to it. It's really important, okay? Um, but one of the things that we often find is that people sitting in church, they go, woohoo, evangelism. But that's for the evangelists, right? That's for Alistair, who's up here and always talks to people. Or it's for Anthony, who loves sharing the gospel and came out with us the other day. Um, it's for the ones who have such a heart for evangelism. And yes, that's true. But that doesn't exclude us. Okay? We can't just actually let them do it and go, well, they're out there sharing while I'm in here. It's like, no. We're actually all called to it. Okay? It's not just for the ones who are extroverted and are really good at starting conversations with people. I've heard someone say on our team that introverts make the best evangelists because they listen, right? They're not so focused on sharing the gospel and getting their agenda across. They actually see the person in front of them. They listen, and then they can bring God into that. So if you're an introvert in here, please hear, you can still be an evangelist. You can still, God can still use you in that, okay? Even if you're shy, but yeah, we have all these excuses and all these things that kind of say, well, I don't need to do this because of this. And we can come up with a million excuses, right? I've done it. I've said all the excuses, but still God has called us to it, right? In Matthew 28, 19 to 20, it's the Great Commission. Hopefully you guys know it. 
Jesus, he commands the disciples. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey my commands. Right? It's a command. He says, go. It's not like if you feel like it, or if you're an evangelist, or if you're an extrovert. It she says, go to all of us, right? That is a command for everyone. It's not just for those ones. So a disciple, I looked it up. A disciple just means someone that follows Jesus. Put your hand up if you're a follower of Jesus in here this morning. Yay, good. That means you're a disciple, okay? I know it's a word we don't use very often, but you're a disciple. And we are called to make disciples, okay? So if you follow Jesus, then you are called to help others find him and follow him as well. Okay, we're all called to it. And God's heart is for everyone. Okay, there's a verse, 2 Peter 3, 9. It says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, that all should reach repentance. Okay, so we see people here. We have the body of Christ, and it's beautiful, but... There's so many out there, right? There's so many people in Nelson, in your community, and this is God's heart, not wishing that any should perish, okay? His heart is that every single person on this earth would come to know him, would come to repentance, yeah? That's pretty crazy. His heart is for every single person, okay? He doesn't want anyone to perish at all. Um, So I have... Some, I just want to talk about New Zealand for a little bit. Um, And some of these guys touched on it a little bit. But the history of New Zealand, in the early 1900s, our country, they did a census, 90% of people in New Zealand called themselves a Christian. Isn't that crazy? 90%. That's like a fully Christian nation, people who knew God and loved him, right? And we get to 2,000, 60%, still over half. That's pretty good. 2013, 48%. And the, the closest census that we had was around 33% of people that said that they were Christians. Okay, so just over a third. But if you take those 33% and you think about, okay, who of those actually just tick Christian because that's what they think or what they believe or what they've been brought up in, How many of those are actually active in church or in, you know, doing these things? It says that 16% attend church on a monthly basis, not even a weekly basis, a monthly basis, and only 9% are actively involved in church in our nation. And I know that's a lot of statistics, and it can seem really discouraging (laughs) and really depressing, but it is the state of our nation. And I know it breaks my heart to know that there are people out there who have known God and walked away from him, or they've just never known God. And I'm like, we sitting in here, we've experienced the goodness of God. Like we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. We have, like all of you, I'm sure if I spoke, sat down and spoke with you and said, what has God done in your life? You would tell me amazing things. And if we think about life without God, or life without Jesus, I don't want it. 
<laughs> you know, he, he's everything to me. And I think he's everything to you. And so, yeah, my heart is, is for us to kind of think about and focus on the ones out there today. That's why I said it's going to be super challenging for you guys. Um, Ryan said the, the guys that he spoke to, some of them had never heard the gospel before. Some of them don't know anything about Jesus. I've been like shocked by the times that we go out on the street and we say, hey, do you know the story of Jesus or do you know who Jesus is? And the blank stares, like people just don't know. They don't have any grid anymore. There's a stat here that says 10% of New Zealanders, that's quite, let's say one, one in 10, they don't even know any Christians. It's not even that they have never heard of the gospel. There's no one in their circles who knows about God. So there's no one to even tell them or share about that. Like, that's crazy. That's insane. And 32%, that's a third, know little or nothing about Jesus. A third of our nation, they just have no clue about the good news that we have inside of us. Right? It breaks my heart. And we sit here going, oh, evangelism is scary and it's hard and all these things. But 32% don't know anything about Jesus. So how can we sit here in church being like, wow, God's so good. Yes, he is. But we need to shout that from the rooftops. Like we need to be actually like out there because these people don't know. They don't know. Sorry, we're so emotional. Um, Because they don't know. And we have this verse that we use a lot in um, Catalyst. It's Romans 10, 14. It says, how will they believe if they don't hear about Jesus? And how are they going to hear about Jesus unless someone tells them, right? How are they going to know? 10% of Christians, uh, New Zealanders don't know any Christians. How are they going to know, right? We, it's us, right? We're it. <laughs> We're the solution, um, which is a scary thought, but it's also wonderful because God chooses to use us. Yeah, um, and so when I was preparing for this, yes, God was breaking my heart for the lost for sure. Um, there was like a very much a sense of urgency, of like, guys, there are people out there, one who don't know Jesus, but they're actually living in darkness. They're living in bondage. They're living in chains. They're living. People are dying not knowing about the good news of Jesus. That's crazy. It's insane. But I also just felt the Lord lay on my heart Um, in Luke 15. It's the parable of the lost sheep. Because I read that verse before that says, God's heart is that none should perish, that all should come to repentance, right? That is his heart for every person in New Zealand. So I'm just going to read this from Luke 15, verse 1. Now the tax collectors... And the sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Shock horror. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep that was lost. 
Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who need no repentance. And like we know that story, right? We know that. We think about it all the time. He leaves the 99 for the one. And it's a wonderful trait of who God is. But I think so often we think about ourselves in that. And we're like, wow, God, you left the 99 for me, for the one, to save me. And he did. And he went to such great lengths to save each one of us. But I wonder what happens when we think about that story in relation to other people. Right? If God leaves the 99 for one person, how does that change the way that we look at people when we're outside of church? When we see that one who, I don't know, is sitting on her own, looking super lost, if God left the 99 for her, what's our response in that? Yeah? God's heart breaks for those who don't know him. He breaks for the lost out there. But do ours? I'll say that again. God's heart breaks for those who don't know him. But do our hearts break for them too? Okay? There's some strongholds that we have in New Zealand. We talk about them a lot. But one of the main things is this word called apathy, right? What apathy is, is that you see something happening or something going on, but you actually don't care enough to do something about it. And that's the word that I felt for today. And like I said, I'm preaching to myself. This is not a condemning message to you guys. I'm preaching to myself as well. But so often we see things, like just like the Good Samaritan, right? There was someone lying literally on the road, and two people had the sense to walk past and not even care. They couldn't even stop to help this person. Like, that's unfathomable (laughs) when someone's lying on the road. And, like, it's not often that obvious, you know. We don't often see people kind of beaten on the road. But (laughs) there are people walking around in life like that, right? It might not be obvious to our eyes, but God can show us what's going on in their lives, right? But we need to have the boldness and the conviction and actually the heart of God to be able to see that break out of apathy and say, no, I care enough to share the gospel with you. I care enough to actually sit with you and hear your story and then pray for you in that. Speak truth and life over you, right? We carry the good news of Jesus inside of us, every one of us. We have the gospel in us. But there are so many out there who don't know, right? They have no idea. But we've been brought in. We're we're the privileged. (laughs) We've been brought into God's kingdom. Like, this is actually amazing that we're here. But it's our job to take it out, right? Matthew 10, 8 says, this is Jesus speaking, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Those are his commands. But then he says, freely you have received, so freely give, right? We don't get to decide who is worthy of hearing the gospel, right? Say that again. We don't get to decide who's worthy of hearing the gospel. Every single person needs to hear that good news. That is what saves people. 
That's what brings people into the kingdom, okay? And we want them to experience the freedom that we have, right? I want that for every single person that I meet. Salvation's a free gift, right? We didn't do anything to earn it. We don't get to sit in here and be like, wow, we're the righteous ones. No, that's the opposite of the gospel. The gospel says Jesus paid it all for us. We just got to say thank you and step into it. And so we need to sometimes, including myself, humble ourselves. We're not any better than the people out there. It's only through Jesus. It's only through the cross. Was there a cross? No. It's only through the cross (laughs) that we are here, you know? It's only through what Jesus paid. And so we have this gift. We have this good news that we get to pass on to other people around us. Okay, and so that's the essence of my message. (laughs) Um, But I really felt just to open the space here and actually like I think there's space for us this morning to ask God to break our heart for the lost because it's so easy to sit in here and be comfortable and be happy and God's good, he's faithful. Yes, he is but there are people out there who don't even know him, right? They have no idea that there is hope in this world. I wasn't going to say it, but I'm going to say it. New Zealand has the highest youth suicide rate in the world. That is disgusting. That is evil. It's not okay. But there are people out there who are hopeless, who are thinking like they're at that point where they're like, it's not even worth living. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yes, it is. God is worth it, right? He is good. He can bring freedom in people's lives. But I feel like we, as a body, all of us, we actually need to ask God for his heart for the people around us. We can't do it in ourselves. I don't do this in myself. If it was just me, I'd just walk through life every day. But he's the one who stops me and shows me what that person needs or what they're going through. We see people through God's eyes, and again, his heart is that none should perish, that everyone would come to repentance and come to know him. So yeah, we're going to get the worship team back up, and then yeah, I want to make some space, like you can stay in your seat so you can come up here, but I want to challenge you guys, like God says that ask and you'll receive, right? So if we ask him for his heart, he's going to give it to us freely, for the lost. Ask him to open our eyes to the people around us that we can reach, yeah? And if there's people, including myself, that need to repent for apathy or being just like not caring enough or comfortable, just kind of stuck, not seeing the ones who actually need Jesus, the one that I have in me, then I feel like there's a call for that as well. Um, I'll be the first one on the altar. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just really feel like it's a really special moment this morning. And that sense of urgency of like, guys, like don't miss this. Like don't let this go by. Like Jan said, change. We want to be changed every time that we encounter God. And so I don't want this to just be like, oh, that was a good sermon. That was a good message. Great. Happy Sunday. No. There's people who need us, right? God can give us his heart but we, it needs to move us to action, yeah?
We need to encourage one another and keep each other accountable of actually like, hey, have you shared with anyone? (laughs) Have you said Jesus loves you to anyone? Have you seen anyone who needs the Lord and said anything or done anything about it, right? We want to see this church full. It is full, but we want to see it fuller. Like we want to see people streaming in. Where's Anne? She's gone. Saw you with Anne this morning. She's like, we're going to see this church full. She's like, and even the, yeah, she's gone. <laughs> and even the hallway, and I was like, amen, <laughs> amen, you know, in faith. We want to see those things. But it takes us, right? God's going to use us in all of that. 